Hey everyone, welcome to Superwomen. Today's guest is Jamie Kern Lima, the founder of It Cosmetics. Her story is beyond incredible. I had the pleasure of meeting her a few years ago and we've kept in touch. She often sends me very inspirational voice memos. So I'm so excited to speak with you today. Hello, Rebecca. I'm so, so excited also. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Your story is one that from the outside seems like a Cinderella story. But from knowing you and talking to you, you have clawed tooth and nail to get to where you are. So I'd love for you to go back to sort of the beginning before it. What were you doing and what was happening in your life that led you to launch it? Yeah, I love that you're diving right into this because I am, you know, it's literally the whole reason that I wrote my book. Because when you do Google my story, all you see is like, oh, fairy tale, like Denny's waitress turns, you know, builds billion dollar company. But it makes it look like it's easy or like, oh, did you have, you know, I get DMs all the time on Instagram. Did you have a ton of connections or a lot of money? It's like, oh, wow. If we don't share the real stuff, like the stories behind the stories, and I feel like people feel alone in their own struggle or their own rejection or their own journey. So I thought I was in my dream job long before I became an entrepreneur. (laughs) My whole life, I've loved, you know, like other people's stories. I used to sit in my living room as a little girl and watch Oprah every day and think, oh my gosh, when I grow up, I want to interview other people, share their stories with with the world. And so I thought that's what I was going to do my whole life. And I was working in what I thought was my dream job as a, as a journalist and as a news anchor. And then I started getting this skin condition called rosacea which there's no cure for and it's hereditary. And for me, it would come in the form of like huge red patches that kind of felt like sandpaper and were super bumpy um, all over my cheeks, all over my face. And I would be anchoring the news and I would hear in my earpiece from the producer, there's something on your face, there's something on your face. Can you wipe it off? And I was live on television and, and, and I knew there was nothing I could wipe off. I knew it was that the makeup was breaking up and the the redness was coming through. And so I started spending my whole paycheck trying to find makeup that worked. And I saw dermatologists and all did all this stuff and nothing would work. And it was super interesting, um, Rebecca, where I felt like it was this season of setback. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs and other people might have this experience, but it was like, you know, a season of how thoughts would come into my head. Like, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose viewers? Like what, I thought it was this big season of setback, but really it was, it was a setup for what I was supposed to do next. And I, I came to this moment where I kind of realized that, you know, even though I thought I was in my dream job, I kept getting this gut feeling like, oh, if I could start a makeup company, which I knew nothing about makeup, if I could start a makeup company and figure out how to create a product that works for me, I bet it would help a lot of other people. But I didn't, I didn't know anyone. So it was like in my gut, it felt like the right thing to do. But in my head, it was like, that is a horrible idea. You don't have any money. You don't know anybody. But I just, you know, I've done a lot of things wrong in this journey. But one of the things I did right was in that moment in particular, I made the decision to to trust myself um, when my gut said, go for this. And I kind of had this huge lesson, I would call it in life where I, because I believe like knowing when to let go of a dream is as important as knowing when to go after one. And we live in this kind of culture where everyone's like, just don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. I don't think the victory is not quitting. I think the victory is knowing 
how to hear our own intuition and trust it, whether that means to give up on a dream or to go after one. So at that moment, I knew, okay, I think this is something I I need to do. I didn't have any idea how hard it was about to be, (laughs) but I I just knew, I just had that feeling, okay, I I need to give up on this one dream and go after this new one. So what you were about to embark upon was not, you know, was not going to be an easy path. You didn't know any vendors in the, in the cosmetics industry. Like how did you even take that first step? Isn't it funny too, Rebecca, sometimes like when we don't know what we don't know, it actually gives us the courage to try and to go after it. (laughs) Right. Like sometimes if we knew how hard it was going to be, we're like, uh, uh, (laughs) so, you know, first of all, on my honeymoon flight to South Africa, my husband and I, wrote the business plan for cosmetic and we got back both quit our jobs and you know I just went all in and started in my living room we couldn't afford to hire anybody and I just started doing my homework on okay how do you formulate products because I had no idea right and you know obviously Google's really really helpful in the sense of I discovered oh there's trade shows you can go to and you can meet with formulators and this and that and I got super scrappy Rebecca in the beginning because I I didn't have any connections and so this is a little embarrassing to admit but <laughs> we're all we're all super women on here so we got to do what we got to do and then I was like how do I find a manufacturer and how do I do this. And because, you know, I didn't, I'm not a chemist. So it wasn't like I could formulate in my kitchen. Some people can, they're so talented that way, but I wasn't. So I was like, I've got to figure out, you know, how to get a great manufacturer. And I learned a lot. I learned that, you know, there's the incredible chemists and FDA approved labs and all kinds of places that make products for all of the top beauty companies in the country and in the world. So I was like, okay, well, let me figure out how to get in at one of those. And then I learned, oh, it's literally the most closely guarded secret in the beauty industry who you manufacture with. So it became really hard to figure out who are the great places and how do I find them. And I can share this story now because today it cosmetics formulates with, you know, hundreds of <laughs> amazing manufacturers. But at the time I had I had nobody. And so what I did was walk into every department store. Um, and Sephora and Ulta, and I made lists of every single brand, and they're the ones I love and shop, you know, their products. And I just started cold calling every company, <laughs> trying to get anyone I could on the phone and asked them if they could recommend a manufacturer. And obviously, I got hung up on a lot <laughs> because you're not supposed to share that kind of stuff. But one really small brand that was totally not a competitor at all, they, they target a totally different market. But uh, one person at their company, when I called um, and said, Oh, do you have, you know, can you recommend a manufacturer? And and she gave me the person they love. And, and that uh, he's based in New York and he became my very first meeting and my very first manufacturer. And it was kind of grace that they make products for a lot of the top uh, largest beauty companies in the country. So that was um, just trying to be scrappy and innovative and, and hustle when I didn't know anybody. And that was how I got a very first manufacturing meeting and then started making samples. And, you know, for anybody out there in your in your community right now listening to this who's in this season of wondering if their idea is a good one or like not seeing proof around them that it's going to be successful i went through a 3 year journey of that happening because we poured every penny we had into making the first product and when we finally created a concealer that worked for me i just thought oh my gosh 
this is going to be huge. Like this is going to sell. Everyone's going to love it. You know, there's nothing else out there like it. And uh, I didn't realize how hard it would be to be an entrepreneur. And from the moment we launched the product, uh, which is our Bye Bye Under Eye Concealer, it was three years of me going to retailer meetings, reaching out to Sephora and Ulta and QVC and department stores and pouring my heart out and saying, oh my gosh, this product is amazing. And I have a whole vision for how I want to do things differently in the beauty industry and how I want to use models that are every age and, and size and skin tone and gender identity and skin challenge. And I want to show them using my product live. I thought this would be a home run. Uh, but for three years, every single store said no, or you're not the right fit, or women won't buy makeup from models that don't look a certain way, or uh, all of that. And so I didn't realize from the moment we launched the company, it would be three years before I could pay myself. And it was literally a three-year journey filled with no's. And every time I would get a meeting with Sephora, or I would get someone from QVC on the phone, or it was always, it always ended in a no. And every time I would get a no, I mean, I, it hurt. I would cry myself to sleep at night, all those things. I didn't know how we were going to stay in business. But when I would check back in with my intuition, it always kept saying, you're supposed to keep going. You're supposed to keep going, even though nothing around seemed that way. And I had to learn this crazy hard lesson to learn, which is that like sometimes we have to take the experts off of a pedestal and put our own intuition onto one. And I had to do that over and over and over because for many years, it felt like no one else was believing in, in this, this dream or this vision or at all. And that's hard to do, right? It's hard to keep going when we, like, we, we keep knowing we're supposed to do something, but then it's like, oh, but <laughs> these people I, whose opinions I value so much are saying they don't believe in it. Um, so that went on for three years before we got our, our really big first yes. Okay. So you're three years in, you're getting no's all the time. You guys had both quit your jobs. What were you living mm -hmm. on? How are you? How Literally, are you <laughs> two, we were getting about two to three orders a day on our website and we would pack up the boxes in our living room, ship them out. And what started happening was real people, uh, real women were posting their own befores and afters online when they'd get the product. And thank goodness for the internet <laughs> at the time, because, you know, we couldn't afford advertising. So it was, you know, women would be inside of communities and chat rooms and things like that, posting their own befores and afters. And it would generate about two to three orders a day. So it was enough for us to keep the lights on in our office, which was our living room. <laughs> One of my girlfriends of, of over 10 years came and helped, started helping us. She was six months pregnant at the time. And we were all just working out of the living room kind of doing every job. And, you know, um, in my book, Believe It, it's one of the things I share for the first time ever is those stories from the living room of like, how did I figure out how to do all these jobs, not being able to hire anybody. And one of the stories I share, Rebecca, is how um, I literally couldn't afford to hire anyone, right? And I'm like, how do I get the word out? And, and so my middle name is Marie. So Marie got her own email address and Marie at itcosmetics.com headed up our PR and her customer service. And like, if this were today, Marie would be emailing you and your team going, great news, Rebecca, our founder, Jamie Kernlima is available for an interview. Like she was a hustler. You know what I mean? And it was like, totally. I share all these stories, but it got really hard. And, you know, one story to share with you too, 
because I know just in your own journey, but also so many super amazing, incredible, super women listening to this probably have have started dreams or launched dreams or want to launch a dream or a company one day. And, you know, we had this moment where I'll never forget it. Um, we were down to close to under a thousand dollars in our bank account, which was our personal and our company bank account combined. And I got, um, I was getting no after no from all the retailers. And I got a call an inbound from a potential uh, investor, a private equity company who has, you know, created some of the most amazing like consumer product brands we all shop at grocery stores for. And I was so excited and they really loved the product, our concealer and, and some of our other products we've created. So we started doing meetings with them and I just thought, oh my gosh, okay, this is going to be my saving grace because if they invest in our company, A, I'm not going to go bankrupt. B, um, maybe they can use their leverage to help get us into these retailers who are all saying no. And I'll never forget, we started the, the meetings, then the diligence phase where we show product pipeline and projections and all that stuff. And we got down to the final meeting and my husband and I flew up for it. And we were face-to-face talking with the team and the head guy, he was like three feet from me. And he said, listen, you know, congratulations. We really like your product, uh, but it's a no, we're going to pass on investing in it cosmetics. And like, by this point, I'm so used to hearing no. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, can you tell me why? Like, can you give me some feedback? Because usually feedback is a gift. And I remember he was like three feet from me and he said, do you want me to be really honest with you? And I said, yes, please. And he said, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. And I just remember this moment where I, it almost felt, first of all, a lifetime of body doubt flooded. Like I felt it like flood my body. It almost felt like I was staring my own fear straight in the eye when when he was talking to me. And I remember two big things happening. And listen, I went out to my car and cried all of that. But when he said this to me, I remember watching the words move out of his mouth. I literally felt no anger toward him. I remember two things. I remember feeling like, oh, wow, he's passing on investing in my company because of the same stuff I've been exposed to my whole life, which is that you have to look a certain way to be beauty or the definition of beauty or sell products or like he is just as much impacted by this as I have been my whole life, right? My whole life growing up, like I always loved the beauty ads and I always aspired to look like everyone in them, but they always essentially made me like even as a little girl feel not enough. So my big mission really for starting it cosmetics wasn't just to create great products. It was like, oh, let me shift culture in the beauty industry, let me use images and show a different kind of beauty. And this is long before YouTube. This wasn't being done. And I was like, let's do this for for every little girl out there who's about to start doubting herself and, and every grown woman who still does. So I had this deeper kind of why beneath the why for the company. And this investor, this dude is passing on investing in my company because of my weight. And he he literally said, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. And I just remember going, wow, like two things. I remember realizing like a deeper drive for keeping going because even people like him are impacted by this. And the second thing I remember, and this is something I I hold on, I held on to this moment for years. I remember as I was like looking him straight in the eye, listening to this, I remember this deep gut feeling that told me 
he's wrong. Like he's wrong. And I felt it. I felt it. And so even though I went out and like cried, you know, in my car, and even though I had to do a lot of work to like turn down the volume on those words replaying in my mind over and over and over, right? Sometimes there's just moments in our life where we have to do the work of, of not letting those words stick and not letting those words take root. And, you know, for me, I had to like almost, I, I use it as an imaginary way of describing this, but almost like I had to turn down the volume on his words in my own head and like turn up the volume on that feeling he's wrong. And on that feeling of, oh my gosh, okay, listen, I've got work to do because uh, even someone like him is impacted by the beauty industry. And 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 just to share this, by the way, Rebecca, and it wasn't an easy next six years, but six years later, when we uh, were acquired by L'Oreal for $1.2 billion cash and became their largest acquisition in US history and all those things, the day that the sale of It Cosmetics happened, it was all over the web and they released the purchase price and everything else. And it was on the Wall Street Journal homepage. And that day, I got an email from that investor and I hadn't heard from him in six years. And I got an email from him saying, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I was wrong. And I learned it would have been the most successful investment in his firm's history. Hattie said, yes. But so many stories like that along this journey. I was going to say before you told me he emailed you saying he was wrong. I hope you had your pretty woman moment where you came into his office with bad cash and said, big mistake. Big. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, That's the best moment from the movie, right? Oh, but like, moment. you know, just like in the movie Pretty Woman, she didn't change who she was, right? She just became more of who she was. And like with this example of him and even retailers saying no for so long, you know, I look back and I like, I think sometimes when people tell us we're not enough in whatever form that comes to us in our life, and this happens to every single one of us, those are the moments that can define our life. Those are the moments that if we listen to them and start changing who we authentically are, like if I would have like, oh, let me, let me go, you know, change my body and this and that and all the things to make him happy or to sell product or whatever it is. When we start changing who we authentically are, listening to other people's opinions when they don't feel right in our gut. It's like, that's when we talk ourselves out of our own truth. And literally, we risk never becoming the person we're born to be. I think no matter what situation each of us are in in life, it's just always the right thing to know our truth and trust it. I think it's so important to hear that. And I think that you probably laid out so many of those principles in your book, which I would love to get into. So it's out. And I think we were both commiserating over, you know, what it's like to write a book. I don't know about you, but I was like, writing a book is going to be so easy. What are all these people complaining <laughs> about? Uh, and it was a wild ride. So the book is called Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable, which is very fitting, especially with this story you told of that horrific human. So what do we get to look forward to by reading the book? And Yeah, thank you. Uh, by the way, Rebecca, right there with you. I had no idea that process and journey of becoming an author. And it's been, um, you know, for, for probably the last five years of, of it cosmetics, I started hearing from lit agents and producers and stuff. And they're like, but I was, I was really so busy actually creating products and, and launching the, the company into new countries. And 
So, but they were saying, well, we can have a ghostwriter just do the whole thing for you. And I'm like, you know, I, if I ever do a book, I want to do it myself. I want it to be a million percent authentic. I want it, I want to write it in the spirit of how can this be of service to someone else? And how can everything I've gone through help someone else, whether it's like saving them nights, crying themselves asleep or saving them time or saving them money or helping boost their own belief in themselves when someone else tells them they're not enough. Like I wanted to write every word myself. So I waited and this is yeah my first ever book. And so I poured my heart and soul into it and uh, binge ate Lucky Charms while writing it and crying and like telling all the stories and sharing all the lessons that that I've I've never shared before. And really, I think that, you know, again, why I'm writing it and what it's going to, what I hope it's going to do for every person who picks it up is, you know, when I would see my story in the press and it would say, you know, oh, waitress build billion dollar company. I just think that that is sure that's inspiring and that's true. But, you know, if I'm out there trying to go, do I launch a new dream? Do I create a dream? Why isn't my dream working? I want to know the real stuff. So at the end of the day, this this book, Believe It, is really at the heart and soul. It's a story. It's my story, but it's a story of, of, a, of a girl who goes from not believing in herself to learning how to believe in herself and, and not trusting herself to learning how to, to hear my own intuition and then make that choice to trust it and really going from doubting I'm enough to, to knowing I'm enough. And it's it's really you know, not just my story, it's the story of so many, so many women out there right now and their own journeys of learning to believe in themselves and trust themselves and, and know they're enough. And it's truly just all of the lessons and the stories that I hope, I hope really resonate. Cause I think we connect through the power of story. And I personally, you know, I have this imaginary toolbox, which I talk about in the book a lot, that's filled with stories and quotes and things, you know, underdog victories and things that I pull from that when I'm going through a tough season, help remind me of who I am, help remind me that where I come from doesn't have to determine where I'm going. It helps me break through the barrier of self-doubt that we all struggle with. And I think that my hope is that every person out there who maybe kind of knows deep down inside they're made for more um, they have more to create or to dream or to serve or to give, but they still doubt it anyways. This book is for them <laughs> because my hope and prayer is it helps everybody not talk themselves out of their own truth, learn to hear and trust their own intuition, learn all the tools that I use to do that, and then really just helps inspire them to to live authentically. Um, and to step into, you know, becoming the person they're, they're born to be. So I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I literally get emotional talking about it because for me, I'm proud of building it cosmetics. I'm proud of a lot of things, but this book is uh, the best work I've ever done in my life. And also um, just to share with you, because I know you'll love this part too, is that I'm donating 100% of the proceeds and author royalties, everything to two charities, to Together Rising and to Eating America. And I'm literally just doing this book because I just think when, you know, we share our stories and everything we've really gone through and we know it actually can make a difference for someone else and their own journey. Like for me, it makes it all feel worth it. And also I share, I know Rebecca, uh, you and I've talked about this, like with failures, I share a lot of the stuff I, I did wrong on the journey too. And 
there's things I wish I would have done differently. I don't think I needed to do 100 hour weeks for 10 years like I did. And there's a lot of things I, I, I talk about even with starting a company with your partner <laughs> and all those things. So there's a lot in there, about, even about the journey of um, infertility and just just all of it. There's a lot in there. So my prayer is that it uh, inspires hope and inspiration and strength in, in every person that I'm blessed enough to have read it. Well, if I know you, I know it definitely contains all those. Um, so people, I'm sure, can get it on Amazon, wherever books are sold. Yeah? Yeah, you can grab it. Amazon, independent bookstores, um, Target. Barnes and Noble. And um, we're doing like a huge, a huge celebration for anyone who likes free stuff. I love free stuff. <laughs> we're doing a big, we're doing a big, huge celebration for the book launch. And um, if you pick it up anywhere that it's sold, and then you go to believe it.com. So the book is called believe it. And then the website's believe it.com. If you go there and you just enter your order number from wherever you grabbed it from, um, you'll get tons of free stuff. Uh, there's a, a course I'm doing called Becoming Unstoppable, how to overcome the things holding you back and you get that for free. And there's, I wrote a, um, there's a 95 page action plan that helps you implement all the lessons from the book into your real life. So you get that for free there too, all for the big celebration of the book's launch. So I'm super excited and, uh, <laughs> it's a, I'm so honored too and excited just to share this moment in time with you too, Rebecca and with, all the super women in your community. So it's, um, we're all in this together. A hundred percent. And I know how invaluable having that extra workbook is because you can read a book, you can be all inspired and you're like, well, now what? So I think that's incredible that you have that as the offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So before we go quickly, and you might already say you answered this, but I always love to have women give the advice they wish they had, you know, gotten early on or that they learned through all the hard work, the failures. So do you have any like other advice you'd want to relay to the community? Yeah, I think that 
one of the biggest pieces of advice uh, that I have, and I learned this, and then I saw it prove out in front of my own eyes over and over and over. You know, we hear a lot about authenticity, right? And we all think, oh, I get it. I'm totally authentic. I embrace that. And then we hop online and we go, oh, this person's doing that. Or we fall victim to comparison, or we get distracted by what one of our competitors in our space is doing. And we think we get tempted to, you know, change what we're doing and all of that. One of the greatest uh, pieces of advice that I have lived and think is so invaluable uh, is this. Authenticity alone doesn't guarantee success, but inauthenticity guarantees failure. And I think that when we truly embrace it, not just say it, but actually embrace it, it's the most freeing thing in the world. And it's always true. And so, you know, when you look at all the studies people do, all the experts that do studies on this, they all show that like it's impossible to have another human connection if you don't show up fully authentically, like a real authentic connection, right? So, and that includes with our own customers. So often people are tempted to hide the parts of themselves that they think are unqualified or not enough or quirky or embarrassing. And so then they show up as their representative thinking, oh, I'll fit in if I show up this way or people will start following my, me online if I post this kind of content and only show up as part as my highlight reel and all of those things or, oh, customers will buy from me if I you know, show up as this representative or whatever it is, literally, that's all a recipe for failure. Like all of the studies prove it, right? And, and it's interesting too, Rebecca, because, you know, when we eventually did launch on QVC, you know, I ended up doing over a 1000 live shows myself. And so I was doing over 250 live shows a year for eight years. And I had the blessing of being able to meet 1000s of other entrepreneurs in the green room. And very few of them ever make it more than one airing on QVC. And when I used to kind of think like, oh, what's the commonality between the people that are able to build businesses that last and that matter and that really make an impact and the ones that disappear? And it wasn't like who's smarter or who's harder working or who's more connected. The only commonality I have ever been able to see between the people who make it and the people who don't, the people that are the same on air live when they're selling to their customers, right? Which is a form of, of connection. The people that are the same on air as they are in the green room when no one's watching in real life, those are the people that last. And I've seen that now in every other shape or form too, because you, you can't fake authenticity. And the people that are amazing and kind of hearted, but show up on air and try to be the person they think other people expect them to be or try to mimic maybe a top competitor or whatever it is, they never last. And I think that, you know, when we embrace like fully, not just talk about it, but fully embrace this idea of how authenticity alone doesn't guarantee success, but in authenticity guarantees failure. I think it's so freeing because it means how we show up for our customers for our friends and family, for our online community, when we show up as our, our full selves, the messy parts, the quirky parts, the judged parts, the hurt parts, all of it, it's so freeing. And it's also the, it's your superpower. It, like, like literally it's every person's superpower. And when we embrace it, it's just so freeing because we're in a world now that's so tempting to go online and say, oh, 
that person's, you know, show did this or that, whatever. And, and we get tempted to essentially dilute our own secret sauce. So for me, our superpower as super women is knowing that no one can do anything the way we're going to do it. And, you know, look at the space you entered. So crowded, right? Look at the space I entered in beauty. So crowded. I could have said, oh, there's a million other people that are doing a concealer, which there is. But at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, no one can do it the way you can do it as long as you are a million percent authentic. And so for better or worse, you know what I mean? So that that's the part that I think is freeing. And I think it's the best advice. Um, authenticity alone doesn't guarantee success, but inauthenticity guarantees failure. Oh, that's so good. That's going to be one of my next quotes on my Instagram for sure. All right. So this is the funny part. Um, I always love asking all my guests, you know, something we'd be surprised to know about you because I think it offers just another side of the women and lets their hair down a bit. It can be funny, embarrassing, random, just a random fact that no one would know yet. Let's see. Uh, so many. Um, okay. So <laughs> in high school, I was voted biggest procrastinator. And I always wished, Rebecca, that it was like, oh, funniest or most likely to succeed or, you know, best smile or whatever. I always wished it was one of those. It was biggest procrastinator. And it like shook me to my core. And it was actually true at the time. And, you know, I was working a bunch of jobs, but I was procrastinating with schoolwork and this and that and all that. And I went through and actually I talk about this and believe it a lot in my book because I think that it's so important to know that, you know, where we come from doesn't have to determine where we're going and that sometimes other people put labels on us or we've made mistakes and we label ourselves things, right? And I think like coming to this realization in life, which for me took a lot of work, that these labels aren't permanent. They don't have super glue on them. Like they come with this light post-it adhesive. It's removable. And I think that for us to step into everything we're called to be. Sometimes it requires getting rid of some of those past labels. So anyways, for me, uh, biggest procrastinator. Yeah, that was what I got in high school. <laughs> so I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> let me, let me make a few changes. Love it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, you're incredible. It was so awesome to just, I, I know your story, but I'm so happy, you know, my community gets to hear it and get that dose of inspiration. And also, change of habits. I think when you said you, you had to turn down his voice and turn up yours, you know, if we could liken all criticism to turning down the radio when you don't like that song and turning up your own, I mean, what a difference it would make and all, and and how have you everything, all criticism. So I can't wait to read your book. I have it. It's on my nightstand. And if I can oh get to bed early enough one day, I'll be able to, to dig into it. But um, thank you so much for your time and your generosity and how you continue to put such beautiful light into this world. Oh, Rebecca, thank you. And I am so excited for you to read it. There is going to be some stories that shock you in there and some that you totally are going to relate to. And I can't wait for like the audio text I get from you freaking out over some of them. But like, we're all in this together. You know what I mean? And it's so honored it's on your nightstand. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me as well today just to share this time with your whole community. And um, it's, it's an honor.
Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget to head over to RebeccaMinkoff.com. Show your love and support for the brand. Buy something for yourself. Buy something for another. And also don't forget to try my new fragrance. Again, it is available at all Nordstrom, Macy's, Scentbirds, and Birchboxes, as well as our site.